is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door, where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. What up, my friends? How are you? What's up? What's up, Jared? What's new? Oh, man. Just uh, getting over the tryptophan coma. So, uh, well, I was trying to wake up right now. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You're hearing one too, right? I, I, apparently, I really am. You have a good Thanksgiving? I had a great one. Uh, you know, Black Friday came and went. Yeah. It's, I think did it's, you help the economy? A little bit, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, upgraded the phone. Okay, online or, or in-person shopping? So it was a both thing. Oh. The purchase happened online. The activation happened in-store the next day. Oh, so you actually did bo- do both. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, I did both as well. We did a little uh, in-person shopping, and then we did a little uh, Amazon shopping. So I think it'll be good. I think you're a true American. I know. Well, you know, truly, I do feel like I've helped the economy. So hope you all had a good Thanksgiving out there. Should we ask them what? You know, find out what people are thankful for. I think we should. All right, I think we should. You want to start? I'll start. Aside from the the classic, well, I'm thankful for my family, of course. You know, that's almost the obligatory. I have to say that. But in terms of what we talk about here on this podcast, I am going to say I'm thankful for a number of people that I've met in the last couple of years in healthcare that weren't doctors. I'm also always thankful for the amazing clinicians and doctors and surgeons and physicians and all those folks, but. I've got to meet so many great administrators and program directors and program managers and even especially the ones I really want to see are my colleagues that I have gotten to know so well and and we just work really well as a team and I'm just very happy to kind of be pushing the envelope in certain areas and uh, I'm thankful for for being able to learn things even at my advanced age. You know, it's not as advanced as you make it sound. But, I know, you know. I know. But I'm thankful for all those folks and, and that we're in this kind of world together about trying to push, you know, basically what this podcast is about is trying to find new and better ways to do marketing for healthcare. I like that. And I think just showing a little bit of thankfulness is great at all times. It's a little bit of self-care. It helps us just take a step back and get perspective. Uh, one thing I'm grateful for is simply to be alive day to day. It always changes for those of you who are listening, who've had, who've lost somebody in your life. You're just grateful to be alive every day. You don't know how long the good Lord's got, mm-hmm. you know, here on this earth. So, yeah, I'll just give it this one out to life, man. Like, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's very, very good to be thankful for. So awesome. Yeah. Hey, well, let's uh, we'll get into our rap battle. Okay, let's start this thing. Rap battle. 
So those of you who have listened, if this is your first time tuning in, thanks first and foremost. Yes. Uh, definitely, if you're not subscribing, check that out. We'd love for you to, to subscribe. I would think we've had some, some great conversations here on the podcast. But one of the things that we do here is this thing called Rap Battle. And we, we challenge an assumption that's been holding back healthcare. And I'll tell you, the more we've done this, we used to start off with ones that were really strictly just for marketing. And I feel like we've, we've branched out a lot. Some have been more tech-focused. Some have been yeah. about innovation or creativity. And some have been about more the business side of healthcare. So we're just saying, we're just challenging assumptions that have been holding back healthcare in general. And today is one one of those that can be applied beyond, well, just one, one specialty or another. It's this thought that we actually understand our value to our companies. So we're challenging that, meaning I question whether our companies truly see our value in general terms. And I'll just start it off just kind of a couple of directions I'm going with this. One okay. is that, and I'll talk about from the marketing angle, I think there's a, a generally agreed upon consensus that marketers, when they do a good job marketing their clients or their products or services, that they don't spend as much time marketing themselves internally. Yeah. And so sometimes it depends on the organization itself. Sometimes it just depends on who your stakeholders are. You know, if you're an agency, then this is going to be with your clients. But if this is with, if your client side, as they say in the agency world, yeah. client side, mm-hmm. then it's selling things internally, making sure people understand the value of what's going on day to day. And I think that's a challenge for everybody. But I think in, in particular, marketers and communicators, if they're really hustling out there, finding the story, finding the next thing to talk about and and share and post outside, they might not be doing it as much themselves. And sometimes that's, you know, that's good. That's the job. But sometimes it presents challenges when we're trying to figure out how to gain consensus or buy-in on projects and gain resources. And this is budget time of year, right? Most folks yep. probably by now you've been through budget season and you either know what it is for next year or it's coming soon. So budgets are probably on your mind as well. And there's just this thought of what has marketing done lately for us? I think that's just one of those questions that that we may not always understand how other people see the value of what we're doing. Yeah, I I mean, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, just to kind of add on to what you're saying, I think, you know, as marketers, as communicators in healthcare, and really, honestly, in any industry, as you were saying, you're just never finished. And you you don't get to stand and watch something to like, you know, I'll I'll do it a golf analogy. You don't get to hit that drive and just kind of like, you know, shield your eyes and watch it fly. You're you're literally onto the next project or you're uh, looking at the metrics from the project uh, before that, you know, so it's, it's a sliding scale. You never really get a kind of a break, if you will. When it happens, it's kind of amazing because you are so amazed when someone takes notice. I'll just use an example. Just today, I got an email from a doctor saying how pleased he was with myself and with the team of people that worked on getting his symposium marketed. And I hate to say this, Jared, but it was a surprise to get this kind of an email. I'm not saying anything bad about this doctor. This doctor was an amazing doctor, or he is an amazing doctor, but it's these kinds of emails that like you don't see that often anymore, which is I think is a little kind of it is, that's where I'm getting at. So it's a bummer to not see these kinds of emails because you know there's so many things that can come from this. You know, you get an email like this, you're going to go through a brick wall for this doctor in the future on anything, any project he has, and but he also sees the value of 
commending a good effort and a successful effort. My thought is that we just need to be better to each other and know what experience and value we bring and then, then to take it to that next level of when there is success or when something good happens, to just call it out and to make your superiors aware of it too. I mean, you know, I think that's important as well. I agree. So is this an organizational challenge? Is it a personal challenge? Is it a personality challenge? Where- I think it's all of those. I hate to say that, but I think it is all of those. But you know, the other thing that I wanted to add too, and, and you did bring it up as well, is while we're doing a good job of marketing in that, in that kind of that nine to five day to day grind, you're right. We don't PR the PR. And I, I love that term. We don't market our marketing, whatever analogy you want to use or, or cliche saying you want to say, because you're on to the next thing. And, you know, really the only time we ever do this is, you know, in two, there's only two times I can think of that and you do this. It's when you're writing your resume and a cover letter and or when you are, it's time for your, you know, annual review and you have to toot your own horn, right? Mm-hmm. But typically it doesn't happen any other time other than those two times. So I think it would be a good thing to institute that on a more consistent basis. Look, I'm not talking it has to be a love fest every day at your job because you, things still have to get done. But a little goes a long way in that department. It really does. I think when I asked, you know, what is it, an organizational issue, I, I wonder what things can be done. And I think that's a challenge as well because the larger an organization is, the more people are involved. Let's call it what it is. The more people that are involved in something, the more personalities are involved. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. Even down to something as simple as your communication preference, your personal communication preference. Most people have a preference. They either prefer to do the majority of their communication to teammates, to colleagues, by email or phone. Mm-hmm. Most people <clears throat> prefer one or the other. Yeah. And so it's this... It's first off recognizing that, and when you when you realize that sometimes that's why you're not getting info because you're emailing the other person and they'd rather just call, mm-hmm. but they don't have the time to call because there's a lot of details they need to give you, and you just think they're just not giving it to you on purpose. Yeah, might be simply because of a communication preference. Yeah, because and maybe she was passing take, in the night there. Yeah, maybe it would take way too long to to type all that up, but then yeah, schedules don't match up, and so you're not able to meet face to face. It's interesting thinking about just the effect of meeting face-to-face. Mm-hmm. I was listening to another podcast recently, Freakonomics. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a social science podcast. Oh, a yeah. lot of you, I bet, listen to it. And one of the most recent episodes was on the open office concept. Mm. And I think I've seen that or heard about that. And they got really discussing the, the history of open offices versus cubicles and the thoughts behind them and the, the ideas of... Privacy, productivity, interaction, creativity, innovation, all happening based on how an office is arranged with the goal of either creating more interactions that wouldn't have happened, but also granting enough freedom and flexibility to each employee, each team member, that they felt empowered to do their job. And the results of a couple of studies that happened along these lines were, were fascinating, basically, that the thoughts that an open office would empower more conversations to happen that wouldn't normally. These studies that actually used devices that were placed on your face to show how long that you were talking, oh, that you wow. were looking at other people. Yeah, These were a couple of recent studies. Yeah. And they didn't record what employees were saying, but they recorded the fact that they were talking face to face. And recording that, looking at a lot of other data over time, they looked at a couple of Fortune 500 companies that had moved to open offices and found that they were no longer, they were, it was actually the exact opposite effect that they thought. People were actually talking less. And it talked about 
just the value in general of face-to-face communication that when, what's the stat? It's either 7% of, or 9%. I think it's 7% of what we actually communicate is the things we say. Yeah. The other 93% is nonverbal. Yeah. So that means if, if you're never talking face-to-face, you're missing 93% of what people are saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're not seeing the slump in shoulders, the eye rolls. You know, That's the, why emails are, I can't get the emotion part of it. You know, they, so. They'll never be able to. And so I think part of this fact has to do with understanding communication preferences. I guess that's where I was going with this. A lot of, uh, in, in my mind, what, what it takes to help build, the, to market ourselves, to market our marketing internally, involves face-to-face interactions. And as society overall has kind of steered towards fewer face-to-face interactions, that can be hard in, it, in and of itself, let alone any organizational challenges there might be, let alone the fact that everyone's busy. You know, you think about, you know, we are on to the, the next thing, and there isn't always a value placed on going back, reviewing what we did, and summarizing that to internal stakeholders. I think in some degree we do, but do they do they always get all the details to understand the impact of it? One other example here is the time as as we've learned recently on our team that just managing locations data, just managing the listings of clinics and primary care clinics mm-hmm. and practices, just managing that data that comes from a couple of different data sources is a full-time job. Yeah. And that didn't used to be, and that doesn't seem like something that marketing would do that's by itself generating revenue. Everybody wants their content to work, but if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing, gotta try something new, cause innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. Hey, we have a new exclusive giveaway from our partners, True North Custom. We're giving a branded infographic to healthcare app listeners. This is a $1,500 value. This digital asset can be used to promote key service lines, as well as provide your communities with engaging health and wellness information. It can be shared via your blog, social media, and other channels. Visit bit.ly slash healthcare wrap two today. That's bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number two to select your free infographic from the True North Custom Library. It's time for you to spread the awesome. Remember bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number two, tell your whole crew. And so it's one of those things that, that we've had to just simply by making people aware of the work it takes to keep that up to date, we've actually been able to create some conversations with other teams internally, with our IT team, uh, with our RevCycle team, and others who, once they realize the process we're going through to try to keep things up to date, there are usually things under other people's control that can actually be done to maybe make a process easier. And so I guess there are other net benefits of having the conversations to make people aware of what we're doing and spending time on because sometimes there's better ways to do things and we didn't even know. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that because it's a outcome of figuring out how to communicate better, right? It's not just that edict coming down from HR, like, we need to communicate better, you know, but it's about communicating better to uh, shore up processes or to make things more efficient, that kind of thing. That's where I think things are should be heading, you know, and it's it's funny, I think the other couple things to add on before we probably end this part of the, the podcast, but one thing is I'd like to see more of in, in time that I've been in the work world, it always seems like to the kind of the postmortem, like if someone calls for a postmortem after a campaign or a project, at least in my in my experience, probably 80% of the time is they call it because something didn't go right. 
there was a problem, right? Yeah. Why don't we start calling meetings after something went really well so that we can learn from it, make it a template, and celebrate Take the time to actually celebrate something that went well. Um, so I would I would challenge organizations to do that, and and managers and VPs and directors to embrace that. And then the second thing I would say is uh, I've been seeing a lot of it lately. I don't know if it's I don't know why it's trending. Maybe it's because I am one. But in the, these Gen X versus Millennial videos, they're, they're <laughs> hilarious, right? Yes. But that's another big key variant or component of communication, yeah. um, especially within teams. A millennial may only want to be communicated to via text or email and is uncomfortable with eye-to-eye contact or something like that. Whereas a Gen Xer or a baby boomer might be like, yeah, let's go and have a coffee or sit in my cube or let's just actually face-to-face it. Yeah. And so there's there's that too. And I don't want to play into this too much because that could be a whole podcast series on itself of kind of the different generations working, you know, intergenerational teams within the same team. But that's got to be a big part of it too, I'd imagine. I would think so too. And, and that might come back to communication preferences as well, just, right. just interaction Preferences, so yeah. lots of factors involved in it, and I think it's just a good thing to be aware of, if nothing else, that not taking the time to, like you said, to make sure people know about it when things go well. There are lots of ways to do that without sounding like you're bragging. Yeah, you know, without sounding humble I mean, brag. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's it, it's become kind of a joke these days, but there. It's called involving everybody in it. You know, don't mm-hmm. say, "Look what we did." Say, "Like, not look what I did." Yeah, it's look what the team, look what this team did. Yeah, look what everyone accomplished together. So mm-hmm. there are definitely ways to do that, and it, if we even just begin to incorporate that into part of our routine, then that's just part of the project life cycle. Yeah, you know, whether it went well or not, let's incorporate that into it. So yeah, great thoughts, great thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I think that that assumption was easily trodden underfoot and uh, <laughs> and stomped out. I agree. I agree. I very much agree, and it was a good conversation. I think again back to what you said. We don't have to only talk about healthcare marketing here, although you know a bulk of it is. I think this is excellent stuff to talk about in in almost any department across the in, across all different industries. So absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our shout out. This is going to be a thankful shout out because it's Thanksgiving week. Nice. Very nice. So shout out to where we just recognize a person, place, thing, idea, or food. Oh yeah, that's right. That has just rocked our world. Yeah, I guess we can't really say the turkey. That would be almost a little trite to go with the turkey that we just had. That's true, that's true. So that would be a little too easy. It might be a little too easy. What do you got? Well, I've got one. Maybe next week I'll think of, we we can do food. One of these days we ought to do a food. I know. So. I may still, yeah, I may I may switch midstream right here. Cool. All right, I'll give you some time to think about <laughs> All that. Right. All right. While I wake back up from my turkey nap. Okay. <laughs> okay, no, never mind. I'm, I'm actually awake. I want to give a shout out to the Department of Veterans Affairs. Oh, very nice. Because just this week, they announced that they're in talks with Apple to give veterans access to electronic medical records. Very cool. Via Apple's new... EHR platform on the iPhone. Yeah. So there are plans that are being discussed that would provide portable EHRs to military veterans. It's a it's a partnership that they set up that would really simplify uh, their hospital visits. It would allow Apple to tap millions of new customers, quite frankly. So there's a lot of reason for it. But that's the type of innovative partnership 
that we need more of in digital health. We just need more folks collaborating and seeing the value and in, in coming together there. Quite frankly, you got millions of veterans who might be able to have their all their medical records with them on their phone, go from doctor to doctor, be able to share that with any of them. And that's that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal of having an EHR system in this country. Right. So if they can make it happen on that type of scale, that's a lot more than a proof of concept. So I think it's a really cool step. I'm looking forward to how that shakes itself out. And in the meantime, if it helps our veterans along the way, like several of those who have served in my family, then I wish for the success of it. So I wanted to give a shout out there. I'm not going to do food. I was just kidding. But I am going to give a shout out to the amazing folks that I work with in the neuro group uh, here at this hospital. It is November and it is Epilepsy Awareness Month. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, I didn't know a lot about epilepsy, especially pediatric epilepsy, until I got here. I knew some of it. I had done a, an awake temporal lobectomy live Twitter surgery when I was with uh, Aurora Healthcare, which was pretty amazing. And so that was my first kind of foray into learning about, you know, what people deal with when they're, when they're having seizures, you know, the idea that they can't go to work, they can't drive, they can't enjoy a lot of the things that you, we take for granted. But in working with the amazing team that we have here, what was amazing to me is that epilepsy is, is a lot like cancer. It metastasizes, so it grows in the brain. And the, the weird thing about this is your brain is amazing because, right, it always wants to learn. It's, that's its natural need and want. So, of course, when it has a, a seizure, it learns how to do the seizure and it wants to do more. You can't stop it. It's just the way that the brain works. So the key to epilepsy, pediatric epilepsy, is to get it taken care of as soon as you can so that your brain doesn't continue to want to learn how to seize and do more seizing. So that's an amazing thing to me. And, you know, now with the amazing things that we're doing here in this group from trying to mitigate seizures from anywhere from a diet, the ketogenic diet is a, is a proven way to, to lower seizures in, in children, all the way through to surgeries that, that are groundbreaking and pioneering that our neurologists and neurosurgeons are performing here. I just wanted to, again, give a shout out to all the folks that families and, and people that are dealing with epilepsy. It's a stigma that needs to go away. And I'm just proud of working with a, with a group here that is trying to take care of it early in children so that they can get their driver's license, they can get jobs, and they can be productive members of, of our society. And I just really want to give a, a shout out to our group here for that. That's a good thing to be thankful for. Yes, very much so. And remember, it's Epilepsy Awareness Month. So if you know someone that has epilepsy, just a, a nod and a, an acknowledgement would be probably good. Great way to end this thing. Great way to just thank those of you out there who have supported this program all throughout. We always want to give True North thanks for partnering with us to spread the awesome. Yes, thank you, True North. We appreciate everything. So on behalf of Peter and myself, on behalf of a very thankful set of co-hosts, uh, we appreciate you there thank you, thank out there you. in the listening audience. And take care, safe travels this week, and that's a wrap. That's a wrap.